see you. Good morning. Good morning, Callum Neff and Alessandre here at the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And today we are going to be going after a stroller marathon world record. Yeah, running has definitely made me a better father. And and having stroller running, you know, we bonded and had like a different dynamic going on. So it became really important time for us. And part of our life, it's a really special thing to share with your kids. On this week's episode of The Shakeout, we bring you a special Father's Day episode with Callum Neff, one of the fastest running dads on two legs and three wheels. Fresh off his race at the Comrades Marathon, we chat with Neff about solo running and stroller running and the strong parallels between training and fatherhood. So yeah, welcome back from South Africa. You just ran the Comrades Marathon, finishing 31st in six hours and eight minutes. How did it go? Yeah, it was uh, a really quick trip over there. The race was lived up to like all its expectations. It was just absolutely incredible. I've never seen such depth and quality of runners. And, uh, you know, I really had an entire country behind this event. And it sounds like it's something that they, they look forward to all year long. So it's not just, you know, one weekend of coverage. It's the country really does get behind the event. And the weekend was just spectacular. And so for, for those of our listeners who might not be familiar with the Comrades Marathon, can you just describe the significance of this race? Yeah, so it has a lot of history behind it. It was started just after World War I in the 1920s, so it's coming up on its 100th year pretty soon. And uh, so it has been has this tradition and just this pride behind it for South Africa. And so it started in a town called Peter Martzburg. And it runs down to Durban. And then the following year, it'll run up. So next year, we'll be up from Durban to Peter Martzburg. So that would be considered an up year. Uh, this year was down. It still had quite a bit of climbing, uh, which made it really difficult. Uh, so yeah, as far as my performance, it was, a, it was a tough one. There was a section from about kilometer 45 to 75 where uh, I thought I would be out there for a lot longer than I wanted to. Uh, but the, the body and the mind surprised me. And at 75 kilometers, I caught my second wind and was able to finish really strong. And it comes after a, a late fall accident where you were, you were hit by a pickup truck while you were running and uh, ended up breaking your fibula. Can you just tell us a bit about that accident and what happened also after in terms of your training and, and getting back to the road and getting back to racing? Yeah, it was the day after I signed up for the Houston Marathon. <laughs> I had just received my elite entry to the race that's in January. And uh, I was out on a, a morning run at the local bagel run at a running store. And I uh, was crossing a street. I'd seen a pickup truck pull up uh, at the crosswalk and did kind of a double stop. So I kind of made the assumption that he had seen me. I even waved thank you um, as I proceeded across the front of his truck and he decided to just floor it into the intersection. Um, it's fortunately didn't travel much distance, only a few feet, but it's just so much momentum behind the truck. And, um, I was able to react really well. So I was able to get up really high. I, I jumped so high that he, he thought I was on a bike. He later asked me where my bike was, you know, looking around for it when he got out to help me. Um, but unfortunately I did hit the road pretty hard and, and did, 
hurt my or break my fibula and I, I knew something wasn't right with my knee but right when it happened I almost considered jogging the rest of the way home and then I, I knew something wasn't right so I eventually got a ride um, home and then back I drove myself to the hospital where I found out I'd fractured the fibula which fortunately is a really low weight bearing bone uh, the doctor gave me the okay to walk without cast or crutches uh, almost immediately uh, which allowed me to do you know low impact sports like cycling and cross training on a zero runner which is similar to an elliptical and so I really um, you know in the first week I found I was really motivated to keep training hard and keep my fitness high and then um, I guess everyone kind of goes through those dips where you lose that motivation and I just kind of and almost embraced having the forced time off and I gave time for my body to just reset. I didn't push myself too hard through December. So it was good just to be with family, you know, really enjoy, uh, you know, first Christmas for, for our youngest, Maya, and just be with the kids and started back up in mid-January and felt, you know, I returned stronger just from the physio work I had done at home. I really didn't see a physiotherapist outside of the home just did my own drills and focused on hip strength and core and all those things we neglect as runners when we should be focusing on them. Yeah, I was able to come back and target a, a March marathon or not really target it, but just kind of test out and uh, ran a surprising 2.30 to win it and shared the podium with Camille Heron, who won Comrades last year. So at that point, I felt like I was like on the right path again. So I feel that it's important to point out that you ran Comrades without a stroller. And I feel like it's important to mention that because you do run and race a lot with a stroller. And in fact, you're the Guinness World Record holder in the half marathon in a very speedy 111 and the marathon, which you ran in Toronto uh, in 231. So when did you first start running with a stroller? Yeah, when my first child, Allie, was born, uh, when she was about, she must have been a about a year old, we first moved to Houston, and uh, we enjoyed going to the local park and just kind of running loops around there. We have a, a park called Memorial Park here, which would be kind of on par with Central Park in New York. It's quite busy for runners, and saw how much she enjoyed that, and it was time away from mom that you know we bonded and had like a different dynamic going on. So it became really important time for us and just never really stopped and then from training we found out that we could get into some 5ks and we raced that and then we found out there's half marathons and there was already a world record with michael wardian running the marathon so we just kind of gradually built up to that So now I have uh, three girls, um, Allie, Holly, and Maya. And so Holly first did the half marathon world record with me uh, just here at a local half down in uh, Katy, Texas. And, uh, you know, 
99.9% of people were amazed by that and gave great comments. But there is, you know, always that section online that um, wants to find faults or something and point that out or just troll you basically. So uh, heading into the marathon, um, I wanted Allie to join me because she was four. I knew she could, you know, be composed and take care of herself. She even takes care of me when I'm running, you know, feeding me snacks from the front seat. But um, yeah, it was it was important to have the eldest one join me in Toronto. Uh, not only for that, but I knew something that she's going to remember for the, the rest of her life. So I just wanted to step back for a second, and I'm just wondering how does that work in terms of the technique? Did you have to build up to it? Did you have to kind of like build your upper body strength in a way, or was it something that someone could easily get used to? Yeah, my my wife would attest to me having no upper body strength. She uh, makes fun of me daily <laughs> of my size of my arms. So I definitely not a requirement. It's just something I guess that kind of came naturally. I don't feel like it affects my form at all. And it shouldn't uh, to any runner out there. I see a lot of parents that have the double handed death grip on the stroller and, you know, just aren't relaxed and it affects their form. But I think if you're a little bit more fluid and, and relaxed with the stroller, it's something that uh, can actually improve your training. Obviously, with the, re- the the increased resistance, it's something that makes you stronger without the stroller as well. Is it something that, you know, they'll ask you to do? Is it something that they look forward to? Oh, yeah. It's it's similar to uh, if you have a, a pet that loves to go running with you and, you you know, you get your running shoes and your watch. It's like they can just tell that you're about to go for a run and they just almost won't let you leave without letting them, you know, come with you. So. The girls definitely will see me getting ready to go for a run and ask to go. Uh, right now, the middle one is, seems to be really into it. Um, Allie, the eldest one, is getting a little bit bigger coming up on on uh, six years old this August. So she's almost outgrowing the stroller. But uh, the middle one and then definitely the youngest one love to go still. Um, yeah, they, they asked to go. And it's been we've had just such, such good adventures. I did my longest run. Um, with Holly at about two hours the week before I left for Comrades. And we went to a really hilly, beautiful course. We traveled about an hour and a half in Texas to hill country. And yeah, it's just an adventure. You know, it's a way to get outside with them. And uh, I try to let them out of the stroller too, so that they have their own exercise rather than just sitting the whole time too. And while they're sitting in the stroller, is there a lot of chatter going on or what's the dynamic there? I mean, if you're out for as long as two hours with your daughter, what do you guys talk about? Kind of the typical two-year-old, three-year-old questions that are constantly coming at me, you know, asking what they're seeing, what, you know, animals or plants or just whatever comes into their head. Um, so definitely have to be up on my my general knowledge <laughs> for that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, it's just a lot of fun to be be out there. And it's such different dynamic without mom. That's That's the funny part, you know, like, there's no crying or complaining. It seems like they just don't um, do that when it's one-on-one. It's the same when, when I'm not there, I'm sure. Fortunately, no diaper blowouts uh, so far with stroller running, but it's definitely when I'm training. I mean, we stop all the time and get out. There's definitely washroom breaks, and I always have snacks and drinks on board for them. Uh, we like to stop at parks, and often I'll pick a destination, So uh, whether it be a bridge or a park or somewhere that we can go and, and actually get allow them to stretch their legs as well did you also run with a parent when you were younger I did but not in the stroller so 
Um, actually, this is my 30th year running, so I'm going to go back to the first race I ever did was the, the 1988 Cajun Cup in Lafayette, Louisiana, and I did the 1K when I was four years old. And so this year, uh, the race is still going on, and it'll be my 30th running anniversary this fall. Yeah, my dad was was always competing, and you know we lived kind of all over the world. I'd watch him run the Houston Marathon when I was little, London Marathon, uh, lots of 10Ks and other fun runs. So uh, it's always something we did uh, whenever we traveled and wherever we lived was running. We uh, would join the Hash House Harriers when we lived in Thailand and all sorts of really fun stuff. So it was our way of seeing the world. And yeah, it's definitely my dad's sport, but uh, my mom would say I got the genes from her. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So I guess, you know, it, it makes sense then that you would also want to pass this along to your daughters. And I saw a photo on your Instagram recently that you posted, and it's kind of a side-by-side -side photo of you and your daughter, and you guys have the exact same stride. Do your daughters like to run, and is this something that you see as like a way that you guys can connect? Yeah, it's, it's not something I'm really pushing, but uh, yeah, that picture was from Allie just at a program at school where they did... 13 deeds throughout the year, 13 books they read, and then they ran 13 miles. So they completed a half marathon through the year. So um, she's doing programs like that. She's done a couple one mile cross country trail and even road races, you know, like local trophy or turkey trots and things like that. So um, she's done actually quite a few races, but nothing like competitive. She doesn't have a competitive streak, which is interesting to see. Uh, the middle one, after dinner, we'll usually put on this little fake watch and just do laps around the house and um, say that she's racing like daddy. So that's um, really cool to see. Like it's, I'm definitely making a, an impression on them. And if it's something they choose to do, you know, more seriously, like I am, I mean, they have their whole lives to figure that out. But uh, and then Maya, she just started walking recently, so um, in in May only. But yeah, now she's kind of running everywhere too. So we'll see. <laughs> I wanted to also talk a bit about your world record races. You said that once you started running with the stroller and saw, you know, there's a few 5Ks here and there. When did you decide to actually go for the record? Yeah, the first one was the half and I had just run the Houston Marathon uh, in 223. So just a couple seconds, um, like within a minute off my PR. I was a little frustrated by a hamstring that day. And then three weeks later, there was the half marathon I had won locally uh, the year before. And I knew it was a fast and flat course. I knew the race director. And I think it was sometime in the year leading up to that point um, in February 2016 that we kind of just talked to each other and wondered if it would be possible and then started organizing the logistics. So we definitely didn't do it on a whim. It was uh, pretty well organized just as far as, you know, getting in line with Guinness, there's a lot of hoops there and paperwork and rules that you have to follow. And then obviously making sure it was safe to do uh, with the race and have the proper, you know, plans in place there. Um, but we knew if I had a good run that the, I think it was a 118 half marathon was in reach and we ended up pretty much blowing the doors off of that and having a really good run. And 
that's when we we looked at the marathon and we wanted to do it on on home turf and come home to Canada and see family over the Thanksgiving period and that's when Toronto happened we did kind of I guess train or I guess I trained <laughs> um for the marathon specifically but you know Allie had to be ready to be in the stroller that long too and and wanted to make sure that it's something she wanted to do so she joined me on a lot of runs leading up to Toronto just to make sure that uh, we were both ready to do it so it was a it was a team effort there and when you asked her if she wanted to do it what was her response yeah we just my wife and I just kept asking her you know do you want to do a race like Holly did and you know at the time it was just those two so I, I didn't want you know one to have a record and the other not and then now of course we have a third so I'm really gonna have to try to find something for her I mean I don't think I can afford the the um the bill on the two sisters having a record in the third not going through life like that (laughs) but you know just the therapy yeah the therapy there I don't know if I can afford it but you know yeah joking aside yeah it would just yeah it's something she definitely wanted to do I don't know if she understood quite what it was or even still to this day uh, you know, our teachers will notice that she's been printed in the Guinness record book. And um, it's not something that she even, you know, brings up with her friends or anything yet. And I'm curious, when you did the marathon world record, how often are you checking in to make sure that she was okay? Because it is two and a half hours. Wow, you see those girls out? They're the leaders. Hey, I just saw a snail on the road. Look on the road, you'll come see them. Last K, still rolling. Got some hills coming up though and some wind. Yeah, I mean, pretty much constantly. I'm kind of keeping track on her. On the day of Toronto, we actually had, it was a little bit wet and uh, the roads were wet and she wore a space blanket. We had one of those emergency blankets and she kept really well bundled up in that herself. And there's a few times I had to tell her to adjust it, that it was, you know, falling off to the side or something. And um, she was able to do everything on her own and um, I'd you know make sure that she was drinking along the way and just always being a dad and that's the thing I couldn't go you know like you would on your own t- in the marathon you just go to the wall you know go go to your limits but you know I had to have a reserve of energy you know to be a dad as well so never quite you know went to the well in that one Did you hear a lot of comments as you were running by? You said you ran past several elite women along the way. Yeah, um, I think the biggest cheers came from the water stops. You know, we'd come up on these, you know, all the volunteers that had no idea we were coming, and then we'd just come around and like blow their mind that a stroller was there. Um, going through the beaches was incredible, and actually. Uh, Michael Capel and his daughter first set the stroller record back in the day and um, the daughter was on the course there in the beaches and she actually screamed that she was the previous record holder and she's like you know a teenager now it's just like incredible to see you know that the girl I'm pushing my daughter you know one day is gonna be just like her you know it's like it was really really nice handoff you know with like 10 kilometers to go to see the the previous record holder there. Uh, that was that was really special. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that was really cool. And then, yeah, you have that out in return. Well, pretty much most of Toronto is out in return. So you constantly saw the other spectators. We saw, I had a cousin that was running, you know, we saw family that live in, in Scarborough and Ajax and from all over the Toronto, greater Toronto area uh, and in Barrie and everywhere. So we had just support of Toronto. It was, it was incredible. Well, Callum, congratulations. First, in, how does it feel right, right out oh, you're coming in? And man, I'm, I'm just so, so elated, like through the roof. Um, it was work and we, uh, we pushed through it. But we just, we ran awesome. It was, a, it was a perfect day. I mean, it started out with some rain and wind was there for sure, but man, it was, it was just a blast to share with Allie and she did awesome. Like not a peep out of her. She was a bit quiet today, which is funny for her. I think she just really enjoyed the atmosphere. So no rain, it was kind of smooth no, sailing. Yeah. We had the hood over, which I was really concerned about. It makes like a parachute, so, but you know, we just, we, we clicked. We were on the, we had the right day. Just the body was rolling, so. She's Golly. super proud of this gold medal. This is a world record medal, Allie. Just for you. Is it beautiful? Say hi to Adam. Hello, Allie. <laughs> how was him? it? How was it for you? Tell him how the race went. Just down. It's okay. What did you think? Good, yeah. Was it fun just chasing all the people running by? Yeah. Did you know your official time? 2.31 and change, so just, just low to 2.31, so a good 11 minutes off the record. And when you're running with a stroller, have you done primarily road races? Because I know as a solo runner, you run all distances, all terrains. Have you also expanded the stroller running into other areas? Yeah, uh, we've actually done some really quite technical trails actually and well for Ontario standards uh, just east out in Battawa and the ski hills um, some of our favorite kind of summertime visiting family trails have done single track with the stroller there um, down here in Texas the the trails are a little less technical more like you'd find at a, a local park so there is um, some ideas of potentially doing a 50k ultra as a record <laughs> Uh, has come up a few times and that would require um, running on trails but possibly using uh, or having all three kids join me at some point so do three laps and one kid per lap is is one of the ideas that's come up to go for a different style of record and go for trails with the stroller so we'll see but yeah they, we do get off off the road a few times what does a typical day look like for you? Do you work full time? Do you have a coach? And how do you fit being a dad, being a runner around everything that you do in the day? Yeah, so I'd say I have more than a full time job. It's uh, been quite demanding, especially as of late. But um, yeah, I'm an operations manager for an oil field company. Uh, so it's pretty much 24 hours a day, just keeping up on on the rigs and my people that are out there. Um, so getting home from work I'm generally in the office and we'll try to spend that time right away with family have dinner uh, which means I'm usually running in the evening on a full belly um, and that's something I think that's probably helped my ultra and marathon running I'm uh, just getting used to having food in my belly there's a lot of nights I'm on the treadmill if I don't want to go out in the dark especially on the streets after being hit um, I've been doing a lot more treadmill work and fortunately I have one right at the home now and um, so can get a variation of workouts in there, especially because it's so flat here in Texas that uh, a lot of my hill work, especially going to Comrades where it was very hilly, uh, both up and down. I did a lot of my prep work on the treadmill for that. So 
Um, yeah, squeezing in late at night. I'm not really into early mornings during the week. Uh, I like to wake up and then just go right to work. Uh, so early mornings are reserved for the weekends where I get usually about 50 kilometers in every weekend is generally what it works out to, whether it be one run or three. Um, but that's the bulk of my training and I'm really not a high mileage runner outside of that. So I'm able to go to comrades and run, you know, 90, 91 kilometers in a single push. Um, and that's probably more than I'll do in a single week of training sometimes. Um, but able, my body handles it no problem. And I'm really using that 30 years of base, um, you know, of aerobic building in the last 30 years to get me through a lot of these. I think it's, you know, it just shows you that, uh, running really does take a long time to, to build and become efficient and get get better at, and you should never kind of really give up or, um, try to really even peak for one necessary thing. It's like, just keep being consistent and building even little injuries and setbacks. Um, you know, you have to look at the big picture. So I definitely fall back on that. And that's, you know, I've been coaching myself. So since college, don't have a coach that's overlooking my training, although looking at changing that potentially just to have more of a group behind me, but uh, just working on my own schedule and seems to be going okay now. And it almost sounds like there's a lot of parallels between running and fatherhood. Do you find that running has helped you as a dad and also vice versa? You know, being a dad has helped you in your running. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the patience for sure. And just, I guess, yeah, going through a race and you you plan it out in your head so many times. So just like using that visualization, whether it be for work or, you know, for parenting or for anything, I think just the work ethic and the uh, kind of the mental strategies and things definitely, definitely help. And I mean, having stroller running, you know, part of our life, it's been, you know, the girls have seen so much, you know, so much distance on that stroller. It's, you know, whether it be animals or, you know, they're learning so much just from being outside and having the wind blow through their hair. Yeah. Running has definitely made me a better father. And yeah, it's a really special thing to share with your kids. That's for sure. I know it was a big impact on me as a kid. We'd like to thank Callum Neff for sharing his story with us this week. And thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Shakeout Podcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this and our other episodes, please write a review for us on iTunes. We are bringing you this podcast weekly. If you like it and are wondering how you can support us, please subscribe to Canadian Running Magazine in print or the digital edition. This certainly helps us bring you more great content. And finally, we'd like to thank the Ontario Media Development Corporation for their contributions to this podcast. Thanks for listening.